What's up, Redemption? How you doing? John Hendricks here, as always, with a new episode of the Threshing Floor Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be sitting down with my buddy John Early, welcoming him back to the podcast to share a little bit of personal information, something that he's got in the works that will also benefit the podcast. We've got also week one of the giveaway where we're trying to identify the, what will become the winners of the two contender decks that we're giving away by way of Your Turn Games and new owner Andy Fish. And contender decks are the flagship product of Your Turn Games, so go check them out. And we're also going to be going over a ton of spoilers that have come out in the past week. You know, celebrating Easter this past week, there was a lot of new spoilers that were shared from the Elder team. We'll be going over all that. We'll also be talking about how to enter the giveaway to go ahead and have your name entered into the drawing. And we'll announce some changes with that, some good changes. So thanks for being here, and we'll get right into it. All right, thank you for joining on the post-Resurrection Sunday version of the podcast. John Hendricks here, as always, and joined by frequent guest and um, also sports co-analyst, John Early, how you doing? <laughs> sports co-analyst, I like it. Because you know there's going to be sports when we talk. Uh, probably, we'll probably find a way to segue that direction. So, how was your Easter? I worked. Nice, nice. Some, <laughs> uh, somebody's I mean, got to pay the bills. That's that's true. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, I work for a grocery store and. So for me, holidays aren't really holidays. They're actually the busier times of the year. My wife and kids went up to, to the in-laws um, and they uh, had an Easter egg hunt and uh, ate a nice meal and all that stuff. And I was going to go up after work and join them. But uh, by the time I got done working, they had already uh, found all the eggs and eaten all the food. So I told my wife, uh, just hang out up there. I'm going to go home and take a nap. And and uh, so I did that and I took a nap and it was nice. It was relaxing. I didn't have the kids around. I love my kids, but they can get loud every once in a while. So, yeah. Nice. How about nice. you? What did you, you do? Um, got up and went to church and came home and did the whole egg thing and eat a, eat a meal at the sister-in-law's place, to which then I proceeded to, during the Celtics game, haha sports ah. during the Celtics and Nets game I completely missed the final shot which was epic because I crashed on the couch so wow yeah like they went to halftime and it got slow during the game or whatever and I didn't see the third quarter tip off because I was knocked out so and slept through the entire second half turns out even though the theme of Easter is celebrating you know what was dead coming, you know, alive again, that which was asleep, awaking. A lot of our uh, Easter was spent, you know, going to sleep. Yeah. Seems seems anticlimactic on our end. That's all right. We had plenty of things uh, to be uh, climactic. Is that a word? I don't know. We had plenty of things that uh, kept some other people awake. Uh, I think we dropped uh, two cards today, plus... Uh, right at the end of the day, some huge news, the entire phase two set list. But before we can get to that, we have like 10 cards we have to talk about. And we both said we took naps today. 
So I don't know if we can get through 10 cards and make this thing shorter than three hours before we fall asleep. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll just have to try. Um, I will say, and you said 10 cards. There's actually 12 uh, because we do have the two starter deck cards that were spoiled on Thursday from Tyler and Chris. So 12, 12 cards. 12 total. Yeah. Such a such a big difference from like phase one where it was really hard to get any any type of full information, right? There, uh, true that. Um, at this point, and I guess you guys are are probably doing it because if players are going to be drafting these in booster, they need to kind of know what their the themes are and whatnot. But I'm definitely loving it on this end. Um, as far as new content this week, there wasn't a lot, which is understandable, but. Both of them will point you to our friend Jaden with Redemption with Jaden. He had the Saga of Redemption Part 4 with um, Luke Marshall, and that is going to be detailing what Redemption was when I came into the game, which was kind of fun to watch because it's like, yep, even though that wasn't that long ago, that's exactly what it was when I came in, which was where Throne was kind of king as far as you could throw together a Throne deck and then put your text in it and how you know what you thought the meta was your meta game call and probably be really successful as long as you could pilot the thing so there was that and you know LOC when it first came out kind of boosted that with the protection and pushed that and that's why it was like I think it was like all three of the top three decks at the Maryland Nationals in 2020 do you remember is that is that right yeah, 2020. Yeah, Throne was all over the place. I was playing a Throne deck that year. Yeah, but you didn't make the... I remember you mentioned you didn't make the right... You didn't feel like you made the right call on defense or something like that? Um, I didn't adjust well enough to the inclusions of Jeremiah and other things like that. I wasn't playing enough enhancements to kind of bully past that. I was actually on the right, um, the right anti-meta tech piece, I just didn't build well enough around that. Uh, that year, um, because there was all the bands, it was big bands, and then it was either protected bands with Isaiah or it was, you know, Jeremiah tossing type shenanigans. And I was on um, Gideon's Ephod, uh, which is an anti protection measure for defenses. And it was amazing in the couple games that I got to it and had enhancements to play. If I'd been playing a couple more enhancements and had focused the defense a little bit more around EFOD, I think I would have done very, very well at that tournament. And I mean, and honestly, I mean, I, I top eight cut. So like, I mean, I mean, we didn't cut that year. We just gave out top eights. I mean, I came top eight. I mean, it was only like 20 people, but so, I mean, I did, I did, I did well, just not, you know, well by my standards, I guess. I don't know. Well, nice, nice. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of like I mean, it's kind of like the Lakers season this year. I mean, yeah, they had a bad <laughs> year, and Frank Vogel got fired. But like, literally, he won a championship a year and a half ago with you know basically the same team. You know what I mean? They've traded away some pieces. You know, Kuzma left town. And that was a bad decision. KCP, they got rid of him. That was a bad decision. But like, I mean, it's still LeBron. And so a year and a half ago, Vogel's winning a championship, and now he's just the worst coach ever and wrong vision and blah, 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 blah. Frank Vogel's a championship-winning coach. He's going to find another team. I mean, yeah. that's but that, it's the Lakers. The standards are just higher. Yeah, so so John Early's going to find another deck, that type of thing? Because your, your like standards that. are just that high? And my standards are just that high. <laughs> 
Uh, or well, the expectations, I guess. People assume when you play, you're you're gonna top cut. Like you're like, yeah, I made top cut. Most people don't expect you to to be happy with top cut, but you know, that's just the reputation that you've built. Um, so we had so the saga of redemption detailing the the throne, um, I guess centric meta, and then on the. Uh, official video, I guess, or what he normally releases, Jaden, on Thursday, did a deck that was um, focused around the night that Christ was betrayed and all of the characters and things that he could, you know, play towards that theme. So it wasn't the most competitive-driven deck, but more of a theme-driven, which was pretty cool to see. It was a pretty cool video, so make sure you check those out if you haven't already. Um, Lackey Grand Prix signups are still open. I did not see. I went and double checked. At the time of this recording, I'll say that they're still open. So this is being recorded two days before you will receive it. So if they close between now and then, I apologize. But I went and looked and I did not see a closing date officially posted. So as of now, Lackey Grand Prix signups are still open. You can reach out to Jay Chambers to sign up for that. There is a regular rotation one, which will be the third iteration of that. And then there is a classic one, which this will be the first classic Lackey Grand Prix. And then we mentioned last week, Brad was playing in the Zoom Discord Invitational hosted by Rob M. from New York. And that tournament now has round two pairings up. So if you are in that, make sure you go and get your games in for that. And believe it or not, John, that's all the breaking news that we have from the week besides what? besides like hype spoilers and things that are associated with that okay so right. i feel i feel like this is the shortest because you mentioned that there's always a lot of a uh, lot of content when you come on and we always get like bogged down in the the first part of it but now we're already into spoilers so that's awesome um yes but we have 12 of them yes these first two will go pretty quick just because of how uh, awesomely simple the starter decks are. So the first one, we have Evil Character, Mono Black, Brigade, Warrior Class, Soldiers at AFEC, I assume is how you say that? Sure. A-P-H-E-K. I butcher biblical names left, right, sideways, up upside down the whole nine yards. I pray that God forgives me when I get there. If he doesn't, I'm going to be out of luck, and so are a whole lot of other Redemption players. <laughs> um, so this is a generic Philistine warrior class I mentioned. Its ability, guys, you won't believe how simple this ability is. Negate a hero. That's it. That's the whole ability. Pretty straightforward. There's sometimes you just need to come in and negate a hero. Yes. And then we'll go ahead and hit the other starter deck card and this one is actually from k starter deck but it's card number 51 so 51 meaning that this card is in the reserve (laughs) the starter deck officially has a reserve and this is a card from the reserve and it says it at the bottom left corner so you won't have to wonder when you go to resort that card uh that stack of cards after you've played a game it, it'll be a lot easier to identify the reserve cards because it says reserve on the card. So you have K51, reserve. 
David Spies. It is a Purple Brigade Warrior Class generic hero. It's got the numbers of one and two. And the ability is, you may look at the top three cards of deck, take up to one, and underdeck the rest. Which is an ability that's on quite a few cards within the game. Or, you know, even, even if it's not the top three, it's, you know... On Virgin Birth, you can look at the top six. Lawless, you can look at the top six. You can look at this many. It's not really a search because you're searching or you're looking at the top so many of the pile versus the the full pile, and then you take up to one underdeck the rest. It's you know something that's useful to get used to, and it also teaches an element of okay, I can look at these three cards. I can take up to one. If two of them were souls, I get to put two souls on the bottom of my deck. So. Kind of, kind of a useful mechanic to, you know, spill over into actual, you know, open categories or or whatnot to where you see that ability kind of frequently throughout cards. So, those cards are pretty straightforward, I would say. Wouldn't you? I, I would agree, and I think the important takeaway there is the soldiers is in the deck and the. David Spies is in reserve, and you can see that the David Spies is a little more complicated. There's a little bit more going on, and the starter decks were designed very intentionally for new players and ways to level up the gameplay experience, so to speak, and so you don't necessarily have to play with the reserve right away as you're learning things, and you can add the reserve in for slightly more complicated abilities. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point, too, that I guess I, I would have just breezed right by, so kind of almost like a step two within the starter decks. So you, you can play it straight up, and then you can add in the reserve. So I guess that will bring us to our first official uh, GOC spoiler, which is the final card in the Bethany Trio. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm the – I'm sure I'm not the only one, but – the Bethany trio looks like three cards that I'm really hoping to get my hands on pretty quickly when phase two releases. They seem like, first of all, white has a lot of different directions you can take it. And they also have the Jerusalem church identifier if you wanted to, you know, use them in conjunction with some other cards that have the church identifier, church of Christ, that type of thing. But white can be split. Like technically I remember building Ruth, and splashing in the Justin Martyr package. Well, you could throw in the Bethany Trio with any type of white just like that and just sprinkle it in. I think they're pretty they're pretty self-sufficient the way that uh, all three of the abilities are what I would say pretty strong abilities. Um, the star ability on this one, so it's Mary of Bethany, which last week's podcast I did say that Mary of Bethany would probably be on the meek side. So... That is not the case. It broke the pattern from the first two Bethany heroes. And Mary of Bethany is the ability side, and she's territory class, white, mono brigade hero. Her numbers? Like, I don't know how you guys come up with numbers, but apparently Martha was pretty strong. She 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 got pretty strong sitting at the feet of Jesus. Um, so... If you would like to talk numbers, we certainly can. That's actually one of my roles on the team. One thing that gets tossed to me quite frequently is, hey, John, we just slapped some generic numbers on this. What do you think? Um, and so 
oftentimes I will go to source material and read, you know, passages and surrounding passages. Obviously, we're all reading the Bible for this, right? But I will specifically look for number of connotations that we can find and use for various cards. Now, some things super easy, you know, tithe. 110 as an enhancement, breaking our normal number rules for that, things like that. You know, some things are super easy. Some things are more subtle, but I can usually find a justification or a reason for numbers on cards. Now, the trick is whether or not we ask me to do that. And we do frequently. Uh, Mary of Bethany. Yeah, no, I don't remember doing the numbers on this one. I think we just said, hey, one of these needs to be big. Okay, this one. Yeah, well. She's big on both sides too, which normally you'll see like one side, like whether the ability side or the meek side, there's a, a bigger gap between, you know, which, which side is stronger as far as numbers go. But she's 10, 11 on the ability side. And then when she flips the meek clay mono brigade, she's 11, 10, which, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty good for a hero by themselves. So then you pair that with a really strong ability. So she's got a star ability of top deck, a gospel hero from deck. So um, this one grabs a hero from deck, you know. So you get to use the star ability in the opening the opening round of the game, even with the reserve uh, access being delayed. But her ability is negate other characters or negate other characters in territories. So territory class negate other characters in territories. That's that's pretty strong. And then while in battle, restrict evil dominance. That's pretty strong. So she's got two strong abilities already. Oh, and then she can ban to Martha, which we already decided last week that Martha was, what, what was the term we used? A unit? She, A unit. She, she was pretty good. So this card has like high numbers. It's territory class. It has a star ability. So it's easily searched out with, you know, going New Covenant to Emmaus Road, your no. favorite play. <laughs> but, like, she's got three really good abilities. And maybe May Band to Martha isn't that strong of an ability, but when Martha does her thing, and then I believe she banded to Lazarus, if I'm not mistaken. Let's put it this way. You have to ban them in a specific order now when they first hit the list. Uh, they could be banded in any order. They banded to each other, basically. And so it gave you some very interesting possibilities for how you layered them into battle, the way that the bonuses turned on. It was really cool, actually. That was kind of the peek behind the curtain that I was uh, uh, prodding at Gabe a little bit when we spoiled uh, the first couple, and then we dropped the last one. I, I mentioned it. Um, but so that's the peek behind the curtain there, is when they first hit the list, they could band in any order, and they each gave a different benefit in battle. And so it was just a question of how you wanted to layer them. So Lazarus drew based upon the number that were in battle. Um, Mary only did certain things if other ones were in battle. And then Martha gives the CBN to him or whatever. And so you had to decide how you wanted to layer them. And so it was very interesting. And then it just didn't end up quite working as we refined the abilities on them a little bit. So now there's a specific order that you have to ban them. Well, that's that's definitely understandable considering the power level. They are... I don't... I think we talk about about the power level that you guys make cards at almost like abstract. Like there's how much of like the spectrum of like card strength ability, how much do you guys actually compare each card to like the power level that is like the max? And then these, these seem like they're pretty, pretty strong cards. Where are they on that scale of, okay, well 
let's let's use uh, Joshua the Conqueror as you know, like that's probably beyond that threshold that you guys want to print cards at, mm-hmm. especially something that's not an ultra rare that's you know more accessible. Um, but like, where where do you think the trio from Bethany? Where do they rank as far as the power level? Because it seems like each one of them is pretty darn strong. Oh yeah, they're they're definitely up there. Um, I think the trick is you just have to assemble them, um, which I mean you can do. Um, there are a lot of ways to get, um, you know, heroes out and whatnot. So I mean, you definitely can assemble them all. And, and if you push all three in a battle, they are very strong. Um, but, uh, you know, there's always your scatters and your things like that that can combat them. So, I mean, there's ways around them, but they're, they're definitely good. I think the trick with them is they don't necessarily like, like some things like, you know, Joshua are very negative for the opponent. None of these are really negative for the opponent per se. They're just really good for you. Yeah. Unless you want to use evil dominance and then Mary laughs yeah. in the face. And then Mary laughs a little bit. But frankly, I don't think most people are using evil dominance to block rescue attempts these days. They're just, they're just not. Well, if you are, you probably have lost in the deck building phase, you would say. There you go. I would say something like that. It's crazy, though, because that's that's something that's changed pretty recently i feel like oh like, yeah i feel like, like literally in the last year and a half two years well, i was gonna say like it seemed like when rotation was first announced like doubt got really popular like for some reason there was just like this this run of like i would play somebody and doubt would come out and i'm just like why I, blame, is I blame tyler for that why is everybody playing doubt right now and you know joe Schaefer would be like because it's good but mm-hmm. you know and now it's like, okay, I'd rather have crowd's choice than a, a blocking Dom. So that's Mary, the final uh, hero from the Bethany Trio. Pretty strong overall, those three cards. So that'll bring us to the Mocking Thief, which has a really cool 3D effect with a cross that uh, is in the side. It's on the side of the image. It's pointed straight towards you, which, you know, looks cool gives it a little bit of uh, depth perception beyond just a a standard artwork and this character has a taunt ability which is not very popular it's uh, i think there's less than five evil characters that have taunt abilities in the game it's a very few so the mocking thief it is a mono brigade crimson evil character and did you come up with the numbers on this one because i think i know why they are there Tell me why they're there then. Because he is one out of three that was hanging on the crosses. There you go. Man. So that's pretty cool. Um, so his taunt ability, he, he is listed as a thief by identifier, even though it's also in the title. But just to make sure that everyone knows it, it's listed there on the identifier line as well. So his taunt ability is restrict good dominance for one round. And the way that taunts work is that instead of your normal battle challenge or rescue attempt, your battle phase can push a taunting character to force them to respond by presenting a hero. And if you win, then you would get whatever ability. If they decline, it's still a successful taunt and you would get the ability. So if you push this guy, you can restrict good dominance for one round. Then that does that. So that would also restrict dominance from your end as well because it just says restrict good dominance it mm-hmm. doesn't say for the opponent correct it will restrict yours as well yes so the ability on this card is after battle you may discard discard and an artifact 
may ban to the condemned thief. So another unique thief, the condemned thief. Or you may take an enhancement from opponent's deck. Cannot be prevented. So this guy's this guy's pretty strong too. So the after battle, I was reading this and I was like, after battle, ah, okay, well you come in after battle. Whether you taunted or not, you get the after battle. So they don't have say, say they've got the cross up. You can go in on a taunt ability and get rid of their, their cross afterwards. Yes, you can. And then you can ban to the condemned thief, and I don't I don't recall whether we've seen that one or not. It you know what you put in Discord is kind of hard to keep up with all the cards at this point. Keep up, John. Keep up. <laughs> so maybe ban to. I know, I know you're sitting in that tent. Don't you get these <laughs> as they come across? I do, but then after I after I review them for the last, you know, if it was on last week's, like I've already forgotten what Martha does. To be honest, I know she was <laughs> really good. She's a that, unit. Yeah, and I know that Lazarus was really good. I mean, he's even got some, you know. Nice, nice, you know, attire and looks like he went to college and, you know, he's, he's very <laughs> stylish, as Brad put. No wonder Jesus loves him. Look how well-dressed he is. Uh, but I don't remember exactly what he does. I know that we have him. Um, and maybe a better podcast host would, you know, be on top of their game and would know what they did week to week. But I'm the best you got, guys. I'm sorry. But anyway, so may ban to the condemned thief, or you may take an enhancement from opponent's deck. So you can taunt, and they have to present and, you know, answer that, or you can take an enhancement from their deck. And that's an enhancement. Not a good enhancement, not an evil enhancement. That's any enhancement. Take it. So Make it your own. You could go and get their scattered, their lurking, their things that you know will work for you. Um. But you could also go and get their, I guess, according to this, you can take an enhancement. You could take their Emmaus Road. So now when they when Jay goes New Covenant into a Emmaus, it's not there. Can't do it. Can't do I, it, Jay. You, you know, like, that's a really strong ability. So did you this, – This I know the – I feel like the answer is going to be not as cool as I want it to be, but did you play test this guy? I did. I oh, definitely that's the mocking thief. Okay, well, how did that go? How fun was it to use this guy? Um, let's just say that he used to be even more bonkers than he is now. What? <laughs> yeah. Was he? he was used, he CBN? Uh, I he. I'm fairly certain he was CBN at one point, and I'm pretty sure the enhancement um, was more broad than just an enhancement. What do you mean more broad, like an enhancement like, or something? Like at one point it may have said you may take a card. Oh, so you could take a dominant with him. Yeah, but I think at that point you had to like win the taunt in order to do that. Okay, and at, at that point, at that point he was also going to be an ultra rare, right? I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, that ability, that, that, that could be at the top of that power level to where you're like, okay. Let's, oh yeah, let's make that I mean, guy he, an ultra rare. He he definitely got toned down for a reason. That's that's pretty cool. Um, I know that me and Brad was talking last week, and I guess most people have heard that. That's listening to this. We were talking about how there's probably an evil character is going to be in one of the ultra rare. So I I could see if that had that original ability, and it was CBN that being 
First of all, I think that's too strong, but that would also lead you to believe that it could have been an ultra rare. So, I guess Joseph of Arimathea is next. You wanna you wanna read this one? Absolutely. Get in on the Joseph, fun. I'll get in on the fun. Joseph of Arimathea is an empty tomb Jerusalem hero, and his ability reads as follows: F an opponent uses a search ability, you may bounce a character in a territory. F attacking, you may convert this card to meek to choose an evil human to block. On his ability side, he is a white 3-8 hero. And on his meek side, he is a clay 8-3 hero. And he is Joseph the Courageous on his meek side. And he's territory class, obviously, for his ability. So Correct. Um, he's pretty good too, right? <laughs> like, I, I feel like... How how many times can you just say all these cards are pretty good before it starts to water down? But like, if but they, it's true because because here's the, here's the thing: we look at all these cards and all of these cards in a vacuum, just a single cards. You look and you're like, wow, that card's really good, and that card's power is pretty solid, not super, you know, crazy. It's it's not above the curve; it's probably right under it. But everything's right there at that same level, which means that you know, Joseph Marathea, yeah, he looks really good in a vacuum. But then when you compare him to all 300 cards that just came out in the set. You know, he's maybe card 55 on my list. And that's just a random number, obviously, because I actually think Joseph Verde is pretty pretty good um, because I think Choose the Blocker is like one of the strongest abilities in the game. And we just gave Clay two of them. So watch out for Clay Choose the Blocker decks next year. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just how you evaluate cards. You know, we're looking at these cards in a vacuum. You know, in a couple months here at Nationals, you'll have everything. And then it'll be evaluating, you know, the cards and how they feel into the set as a whole. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you on the uh, choose the choose the blocker. And not only do we have choose the blocker now, thanks to the gatekeeper made, you can also flip that. You could you could run it into a deck to where you could have these two guys and you could pair it with a black defense and use her to choose the rescuer. And you could just aggravate your opponent by always choosing who they come into battle with. So, oh yeah. So that, that sounds like fun. Like if somebody wanted to take like a, a small strategy piece and kind of build a deck around it, they're, they're getting the resources to be able to do that. And obviously you still got the, what I would say in rotation, the OG of choose the blocker, which is going to be your Elijah with tested by fire to back him up. So that's pretty, that's pretty good. And then, you know, you're getting it into other brigades now as well, so that's cool. Oh, yeah. And I will just say that he can be another meek clay card. I'm just going to put that out there. If you know, you know. So we'll move on to Hurling Insults, 4-2 Crimson, Mono Brigade Enhancement. It does have a star ability, and the star ability is to top deck an evil card from reserve. And then... The actual ability is interrupt the battle and under deck a good card. Cannot be prevented if used by a thief. So, if used by a thief, which is going to be all the, you know, thief characters that we've mentioned and that are coming out with GOC, but, you know, they'll also have the identifier line. So, if the evil character that's using it has the thief identifier, it's going to be cannot be prevented. And hurling insults is, you know, it goes right in right along with the mocking thief because he was mocking, he was hurling insults, that type of thing. 
while Jesus was on the cross. But this card um, seems pretty good to be able to underdeck a good card. So you can underdeck a hero, you can underdeck an enhancement, you know, provided there's, you know, a woes targeting something that that you you have that you want to turn back on. You could technically interrupt the battle, underdeck that. You know, not in SI, obviously, because you would want to be targeting whatever is, you know, negating. Well, I, I guess because it wouldn't it wouldn't get rid of the the negate on that. So yeah, you wouldn't be able to play this and target woes in special initiative. Um, it wouldn't really do anything for you. So no, but uh, it's, I mean, but, but you could definitely... like with initiative, you could get rid of their woes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely times that it's very good for you. Yeah, so seems like a pretty pretty decent thief centric enhancement crimson and i would say it's probably you know the the cannot be prevented part by a thief is probably going to mean that it, it gets played more with thieves than just crimson basic but artwork on it's pretty cool i guess this is where they're holding up the uh you know the the vinegar soaked sponge or or whatever and offering for jesus and the the other uh people on the cross to drink yeah so, uh, pretty pretty cool artwork for that. Pretty basic and it's card. Just a, and it's just a solid little card, you know. It's it's just a good tool for, for the thieves to have in their toolbox, so to speak. Yep. So that'll bring us to no need for spices. You wanna you wanna take this one? I'll take it. No need for spices is a white mono brigade three four enhancement. It is territory class. It has a star ability. The star ability is top deck, a good dominant from deck. And the enhancement then ability is you may take a good NT card from reserve. F played in battle, negate and reserve an evil card or an artifact. And again, it's territory class. Yeah, it seems like there's a there's a model of a lot of cards in GOC that are you can do this as like a support card, but also if you play it in battle, you're gonna gain this extra benefit. So this is a card that can help you get around the cross if they have cross out, golden cross, what what have you, whether it's got calf with it or not. Um, you go into battle, you can negate and reserve an evil card, so it's a potential battle winner, or you can reserve an artifact, so you can put their cross into the reserve and make it harder for them to get and reactivate. So pretty cool card. Um, and it looks like, if I were to if I were to guess, this looks like the exact scene or the exact like image that's on the card right below it on my list. But we'll get to that in a, in a moment where the uh, where Jesus oh, is you, resurrected. You, you, you don't want to skip ahead to that. No, I, I figure we'll, we'll go in order. You we'll know? go in order. Yeah. All right, all right. But like you can definitely see the artwork and the resemblance of okay, that looks like the same place. And I mean that. It's it's a Tissot set, right? I mean, half of the pieces that we're looking at tonight are Tissot. And we've got Tissot on No Needs for Spices. We've got Tissot on Mocking Thief. We've got Tissot on Joseph Arimathea. Uh, we've got Tissot on David Spies, even though that's not part of this set, you know? Um, and then there's the cards that we haven't talked about yet. There's Tissot art on half of those. Yeah, which is, I think is pretty cool because some of them looking the same and looking like, you know, two different cards that have the same you know, background of where this event happened kind of looks cool. And it ties the set together a little bit more than if everything was its own art piece. 
Which, oh, yeah. You know, it's cool. 100%. It's cool to, to branch out and have different illustrations and not all be the exact same. But it's also cool when you get no need for spices and then the resurrection that we'll talk about in a little bit. But you oh, know. sorry, we're, we're, we're going to follow this rabbit trail for a minute here. Have you guys seen the Annunciation? Um, I believe we saw the artwork for it. But you see not the art the, for Annunciation? I don't think we've seen the ability. I think we saw the artwork. Matter of fact, I can pull it up if you want me to. I do. I do want you to pull it up. Okay, let me go to my Google Drive. GOC expansion spoiler. So you just got everything, don't you? Well, this is, has not been updated at all. But um, assuming that, you know, we know what phase two we've gotten since this. I would say I'm just going to start name dropping random cars, but we've got the set list now. So I'm not really name dropping them anymore. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So it's clay, silver, and white. And it looks like territory class nativity has a star ability. That's what we know so far. I don't, I don't recall seeing this one in full yet. Okay. You don't have the full thing. I mean, if you want, if you want to tell us the full thing, I don't no, think anyone not. listening to the podcast will be upset. I mean, maybe people that you deal with on the elder team. <laughs> so the, the people that I deal with might, might not like that so much. Okay. So that's all you have of the enunciation. As, as far as I know. Okay, cool. I can't say anything then. But just, I mean, you're going to want to, when when you get your cards, you're going to want to go find one of those is all I'm saying. It's that good? It's it's that good and it's that cool. And it kind of goes back to what we're talking about with like artists and art and how we, you know, it's, it's the theme and you can see the same scene in a couple different places. Let's just say that there's a really good story behind the enunciation art. Okay. So we'll have to add that to the uh, the file of things we need to investigate. Yes, add it to the list. Hack somebody's <laughs> computer and go get that in. <laughs> well, you told me you have everything, so maybe I should hack yours. Uh, you might need to. <laughs> now, if 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 some information gets out later on, they're really going to think you're the you're the mole, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> we got a mole. <laughs> it's probably John. I guess that, you know, takes us no need for spices, you know, talking about the artwork. So now we'll move on to Mary, mother of James on the ability side, which is another white mono brigade hero. And then on the meek side is going to be mono clay. So on the ability side, the white side, she is Mary, mother of James on the clay meek side, Mary, the caregiver. She has two identifiers, which are Empty Tomb and Jerusalem. And she says, if blocked from hand, and that is a recurring theme with Empty Tomb. So where Nativity White wants to have very few cards in hand when you go into battle and you gain benefits based on cards in hand, it seems like Empty Tomb is getting a benefit from forcing the opponent to block from hand. So... If blocked from hand, good gospel enhancements cannot be negated. You may convert this card to Meek to ban to any number of empty tomb females. So, the Garden Girls can be banded in, I guess, with her ability, any number of empty tomb females. So, seems seems okay. I guess that, that relies on us 
you know, she's obviously granting the modifier of, you know, if blocked from hand, good gospel enhancements cannot be negated. That's pretty strong. And, you know, how strong that is is going to be dependent because with 3 and 10, her toughness being 10, there's a chance she doesn't get initiative. So you'll have to have, like, interrupt the battles and things like that. So, Or, or you just convert her to meek and don't band. Choose zero as your any number. Right. Well, you could, but I mean, then she still has ten attack. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, three defense. You're probably going to get into mutual destruction and have initiative, right? I guess fair, but I, I, I'm just saying I wouldn't rely on her to be able to grant the cannot be negated modifier, and then she's going to be able to play an uh, an enhancement right away. You know, now obviously you could go awesome things because awesome things doesn't have a requirement of OT, does it? It's just a meek hero. Mm, I don't know. Putting you on the spot here. Putting me on the spot. I know you don't like that, but sometimes. I hate it when you do that. Sometimes it's it's just, you know, it keeps, if you stay on your toes a little bit, you know. Play an enhancement on your meek hero in battle. There you you go. You can totally awesome things with NT heroes. Yeah, so awesome things, and then you can play a CBN enhancement. So that might be something. That might be a thing. Um, so it seems they're blocked from hand, though. Yes, assuming they block from hand. But I tell you what, we'll go ahead and roll over here to the next card. If you need help making them block from hand, you could just paralyze all their dudes in territory. Oh, you could do that? Yeah, you know, like old school ignore. Nice. Now, now we're talking. This is John's place out right here. Empty in the tomb. 2-5 white mono brigade enhancement that is territory class. It's got an X identifier. X is the number of heroes resurrected by this card. So you may take a good gospel fortress from deck or resurrect any number of heroes from each player. And the way that that's worded, um, if the question comes up, if anyone is wondering, any number of heroes from each player so that's any number, and then it applies to both players, I believe, is the way that the, the wording intends there. So you can't say, well, I'm going to resurrect five from me and two from. It would be like, I'm going to resurrect, you know, whatever the number is from each player. I think similar to the way that um, Harvest Time. So you make that number, and then you do up to that from each player. And then paralyze and or bounce up to X characters this turn. So... If you resurrected four, then you can paralyze, you can bounce or paralyze up to four this turn. But what's cool is the way that this this theme wants to work is they want to be blocked from hand. Well, you can resurrect, you can resurrect uh, the the heroes or whatever, and then you can paralyze and bounce up to X characters. You don't have to bounce heroes, so then you can bounce the evil characters that they have. So they then have to block from hand. If you were to, uh, you know, if you were to use your awesome things or something like that to play this on, you know, or get it get it played pre-block. I don't, I don't, I don't guess there's going to be many ways to play it pre-block. But since we're mentioning the awesome things play there, that's one way to use this card. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, this this looks like one of the cards that you mentioned your play style to uh, force them to, you know, basically do what you want them to do when they block by by blocking from hand. So, did you did you work this card in? Was it was it popular in playtesting? 
for this theme. Oh yeah, this card's super good. I mean, it's yeah, it's you have not you have to play it, but if you're not playing this for some reason, um, I would say you're probably doing it wrong. Um, if you're looking at you know building a uh, um, you know an empty tomb deck, and it literally says it literally says empty tomb in the title, so you, do, <laughs> you should play it. I will also say that we would probably uh, be doing a disservice if we didn't mention that. You know, the one guy on the right side's just coming in out of the frame like, woo, you know. Um, <laughs> so it's drifting over the border, which gives it that 3D element too, which is, you know, cool. Every every time we get to see it, it's going to be cool because it's one of those things you haven't seen enough to where, like, it's lost the appeal to where every time you see it, it kind of makes a card pop or it stands out on the card. So that's pretty cool coming in off the frame like that. Mm-hmm. So... That brings us to, we mentioned when we talked about No Need for Spices, the artwork being similar on the Resurrection. It brings us to that card, and I'll let you I'll let you have the fun on, on this good dominant. Oh, you mean the one that I got to spoil this morning? Yes. Yeah, all right. So the Resurrection is a good dominant, vying for one of those coveted seven spots, and it says you may play a good gospel fortress and an empty tomb hero from deck or discard pile. Your NT hero may ban to up to three NT human heroes. There it is. That's the card. That's that's the card. And so the the image is almost it looks like it's you know mirrored from the tomb entrance that was on no need for spices. But it's then got Jesus lifting up out of the out of the frame, and his head is actually covering up the top edge of the the artwork frame, and almost covering up the words "the resurrection" where the R is in resurrection, the 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 first mm-hmm. R. So for a while, for a while there, I think he actually was covering it. Believe it or not, uh, that would have been cool. But you have you have this, and my favorite thing about the artwork is to give the picture some action real uh, in a real subtle way, the lantern that's hanging is like being shook because I guess, you know, the effects of, you know, I guess the power, you know, entering Jesus there and him coming alive in the tomb. And you get to see like that, that lantern that's just hanging there is like tilted and being affected by, you know, Jesus being lifted out of the tomb, which is pretty cool. It gives it a little bit of like pop, like you assume there's action going on in that picture. Oh yeah. So you may play a good gospel fortress and an empty tomb hero from deck or discard pile. So assuming that the empty tomb is important enough to the theme, this, you know, it almost feels like glory of the Lord for, you know, teal priest that really rely on having, you know, Solomon's temple or tabernacle, something like that in play to where they have a dominant that ensures they have that, and it's also a way to potentially get it back and whatnot. It seems like this is kind of that same thing to where if the empty tomb is as important to empty tomb heroes as, you know, you would expect it to be, this gives you another way to get it if it, you know, gets shipwrecked and put in discard pile or whatnot. Um, This lets you get a gospel fortress from your deck or discard pile also with a hero. So I guess it can honestly also speed up. Like you can go crouch choice into this and get a fortress and your best hero turn one and be looking pretty, you know, 
set up pretty well for that battle because turn one you get it. They're obviously blocking from hand if you're going first, so there's chances to do that. And then you can band up to three New Testament human heroes. Seems seems pretty good. Oh, it's, it's ridiculously good. And that brings us to the empty tomb. Which is the fortress you're going to want to go grab most of the time. Yes, and can I can I say something about this card? You can. Okay. Do you remember Gabriel uh, a while back? You mean from the uh, uh, it, it was, Land Redemption? Oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, think you mean, I my, think it, you mean my card. Yes, card your card, kid? your card. Yeah. But if you remember, yeah, the, I, I, on the, I remember it on the podcast. I was like, okay, I feel like they chose the wrong background image for this because I kind of want the background image, and this one's kind of the same to where like the background image looks like it. It it's, it looks like something that you want to see in the card. And then the other, it's also like, um, what was it? Jerusalem had that really cool like layout of the city. Like it was like almost like, you know, if you went back in time and you had like a, a hover drone, and you were above the city and you took a picture, and that w- ended up being the background image. But it would have been cool if like it was the image of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. This one looks cool too, and not that the the front image doesn't doesn't look that cool, but I guess. It, it kind of got watered down, you know, now that it's not a, a quad icon card. But Yeah, but what if the front image was actually the whole image? And that's why the two styles are so different. What do you mean? What if there was only one image on Empty Tomb? I feel like you're laying a trail of breadcrumbs here. I'm saying, what if Empty Tomb? ultra rare what if it was are you saying that it is then then i'm not saying nothing (laughs) then you wouldn't have that disagreement so to speak between the front image and the back image i mean can you imagine if that front image was the entire card kind of like how gabe had the play mat uh that he dumped on us earlier oh man does that mean does that mean the play the three play mats were the three Oh, does that mean that? I don't know. Like, I didn't Maybe. mean to, I, didn't, I didn't mean to start us down this rabbit trail. I'm just saying, like, this is one of those where, like, you see the background image and it just makes you want to see the rest of that image. And then it's just got this really cool other image thrown on top of it. Now, if that front image was the full art, that would be pretty sick. Um, I guess we should actually read the ability on this card. So, obviously, it's a good fortress. It's called the Empty Tomb. Why bother? The Empty Tomb. <laughs> It holds Burial Shroud. So Burial Shroud's actually pretty cool. Um, I have not used it in any, you know, mock-up of a deck that I've made since, you know, we've had Phase 1 cards. But Burial Shroud looks pretty cool. It says, the ability on the Empty Tomb says, if your Empty Tomb hero is blocked from hand, there it is again. I told you you would see it again. You may reserve a good gospel enhancement from Discard Pile. From discard pile. I'll say it one more time. From discard pile. Wait, from where? Discard pile. Oh. If you put an empty tomb hero in play, you may bounce an evil character in a territory. So you could theoretically use one of the cards that bounces all of your heroes. And once you bounce them, then you put them in play. And you can bounce all of the evil characters on the other side. 
No. But I put it, as soon as this came out, like I was thinking it, and then I thought through it to make sure it didn't sound dumb. But Peter is going to be, it was confirmed that it's already in the Ordeer, uh, the official redemption identifier. I, I don't know what the technical name is. Um, still working on my redemption degree in, you know, it's redemption a theology. Learning pursuit. <laughs> um, but Peter being empty tomb, he could use CBN, authority of Christ, and then put it back in your reserve. What? Like, that's that's pretty good. Not to mention, white, okay, what if white struggles because they have the cross down so you can't use your authority of Christ? That that would really be bad. But you use no need for spices, and you can take a New Testament card from reserve. Oh, my goodness, the card we just put back in there, authority of Christ, potentially. If played in battle, negate and reserve an evil card or an artifact. I'm going to negate your cross, boom, and now I can play my CBN, authority of Christ. Sign me up for that. I mean, the empty tomb seems 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 really, really fun as a way to recur some type of enhancement. And I don't know if authority of Christ is the enhancement you want to recur. I mean, it's a good one to recur, but I don't know if there's one that's better for the theme or whatnot. But that seems that seems pretty good. So how fun. I'm a fan, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. Okay. Were you a were you a fan in testing and? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Did you prefer to be the person playing the empty tomb offense, uh, or how was it like trying to face someone else that was playing it? I mean, I there's a reason I think shipwreck is a staple dominant. I mean, there's just there's so many things that you need to deal with these days. Uh, empty tomb is really good. And John, I'm just going to fill you in a little redemption history here, since uh, you know I know you're you're kind of a young end and whatnot. Um, that background image on the empty tomb, uh, which by the way, empty tomb, uh, that background image does exist on it. Go ahead and go ahead and tell you now, unless I'm just throwing you for another curveball that you know that background image does exist. That is the art from the garden tomb from back in you know Foof Rock of Ages. I know we're, we're throwing you way back in the way back machine here, but uh, that art uh, has some very, very good connotations for those of us that uh, remember that glorious era of redemption history. Well, the reason I mentioned that I wanted to see that image was because I recognized it, but not necessarily because of the older card. Like I knew it was on the older card, or at least it looked like the same artwork, but it was the artwork that was on. You remember Gabe? posted the garden tomb like it was going to be reprinted with the throne of david mm-hmm. ability forever ago like when like before we got into like phase one spoilers for real and i was you know like people people were all like up in arms and obviously it turned out to not be true it was just kind of you know a spoof but that was right. the artwork that was the artwork that was used best i can recall so i've seen that artwork piece and that's why I like seeing it poke around the edges of that even though that's really cool seeing the, the perspective from inside the tomb out, you know, like what Jesus would have seen, you know, walking out of the tomb if he walked. Obviously, I wasn't there. I don't know if he walked out or if he, you know, just appeared one place afterwards. But seeing that artwork poke around the image, you're just like, I want to see that one. Mm-hmm. So empty tomb, all in all, pretty cool card. Potential 
ultra rare. John said Maybe. it, not me. I said it. So hopefully I don't get fired, but I said it. Yeah, you're going to have to repay all of your paychecks. Oof, man, it's going to be tough. <laughs> it is going to be tough. So that'll bring us to our last number 12 spoiler for this week, which is going to be Mary the Restored on the white side. There's, 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 it seems like there's a million Marys. So just, just three. I know, but it, it seems like there's so many more because they, they, they get thrown in like the story. You're reading the story and it's boom, Mary this. And they always have to put like some type of identifier with her. Because you can't tell, just Mary doesn't answer it. Um, mm-hmm. But Mary the Restored, she's empty tomb in Jerusalem on her ability side. Mary the Restored, and that's white mono brigade. And then on the clay meek side, it's just Mary Magdalene. And the ability, again on the white side, says, if blocked from hand, ding, 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 there it is again, you may take a good New Testament card from deck. What good card could she take? The resurrection? No. Could she do that? Could she take the empty tomb? Could she take could she take Son of God? Could she is this like woman with child for empty tomb? <laughs> I mean, kind of a little bit. I think the right line of play here is you attack with Mary, get blocked from hand, grab resurrection, play resurrection, go grab empty tomb, drop empty tomb and play. Go grab another empty tomb hero like, oh, I don't know, say maybe like Mary, Mother James, or maybe Susanna, or, Peter. or maybe the Peter that you haven't seen yet, or the John that you haven't seen yet, Ooh. or maybe Joseph of Arimathea, and then you band to that hero that you just went and grabbed. That's a real strong turn one. You just got boom, empty tomb in play, boom, getting chills. hero in play. I'm getting chills. And this sounds really good. And depending on exactly like what the rest of your hand is, if you say have three or four heroes floating around and you can go grab some empty tomb heroes and maybe band in like a Susanna on top of this and go look at like four or five cards and take one of those and then grab your son of God off that. I don't know. That seems pretty good to me. I'm not saying that I did that in a playtest game or anything, but like I'm going to say it sounds like you might have. I'm just saying it's a really good line of play. That's all. Yes, yes. The answer is just yes to that. But so she can take this was so you took that whole line of play and do all of that. And we only read the first sentence of the ability, ability. just the first sentence of the ability. There's more. It's like, uh, what was that guy? There's more. What was that guy that used to do that on the infomercials? Um, uh, Billy oh, Mays, OxyClean, Billy yeah, Mays. Billy Mays. But wait, there's more. Order right now, and we'll give you two more abilities that you can activate before converting to Meek. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the rest of the ability. So we'll just read it in its entirety, starting back. If blocked from hand, you may take a good New Testament card from deck. Do all those shenanigans. You may convert this card to Meek to negate characters, except empty tomb heroes and enhancements. So then she becomes fight by the numbers if you want. And then you play resurrection and band in all your people. Their abilities get to go off if they're empty tombs. And then you've got a big old fight by the numbers banding chain in battle. Good luck. Good luck. That's right. Dude, like that's that seems pretty good. It's really cool because now you're starting to see the way that like this this theme is going to operate and we haven't even touched on empty tomb angels i don't know how they interact with 
this because it does say that you can grab with the resurrection, you can grab an empty tomb hero so you can get an empty tomb angel, but you can't band it in because it only bands in human heroes, which, you know, my light bulb goes off and says that must mean that the angels that are empty tomb identifier must have some really strong abilities that you guys didn't want to come in off of this band. That That's the way that I read that. I don't know. You know, we, we get to wait and see what angels are going to look like, you know, as we get, you know, future spoilers and, you know, maybe when we, we get the set. We do have the set list, though. So even though that concludes the actual spoilers, I guess we would be remiss to, to not mention the set list being available. And you can go to Land of Redemption and look at that. I'm going to not lie. I am pulling it up now. I had it pulled up, but I accidentally closed that tab when I started recording. Come on, man. Hey, I wanted to, you know, focus on what was going on. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. You know what's cool is I actually saw this way before it was posted that it was available. Because Were Were you snooping? Because I mentioned it on the podcast, so I had hopeful expectations that it might actually happen. So I kept going to Land of Redemption and refreshing, and then it was there for like what seemed like an hour before Gabe posted about it being available. So I had already read the list, and I was like, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. Definitely going to talk about this. And then he he finally put it in there. So just looking at it first glance, something that really stands out to me is I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, you know, rude about it at, at any point, but guys, we saw the question come up at least a million times. Is Peter's mother-in-law getting reprinted? <laughs> and we definitively have an answer. John, is Peter's mother-in-law getting reprinted? No. <laughs> Thank you. We, we've got the answer. We've got the answer. There was at least two or three different people that asked that over time, and it just seemed like that came up a lot. I, and, and frankly, I think we never really answered it because we kind of thought it was funny and enjoyed it. So we're just like, oh, we're yeah, like, like there was never rolled. any answer from from leadership. Like it just kept getting like not ignored, but like I guess honestly, I thought that it was getting reprinted, and that's the reason you guys didn't want to talk about it. But now we know it's not getting reprinted. It is not getting reprinted. But sorry. So I look at this, and so that that stuck out to me. What also sticks out to me is um, you've got this card, number 80. Number 80 looks like it could be a fun card because my buddy Jeremy came out with the Angel Party deck uh, a few years ago. And there is now going to be a card called Angel Party, which, you know, I think pretty well a lot of people already knew that it was going to be a card, but it definitely made it into the set. Angel Party. I can't wait to see what that one does. Um. Then you have the the remaining disciples. There was one more that I, I looked at it when I first looked at it. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. Okay, so the highwayman. The highwayman. That seems like it stuck out because, okay, my favorite artist right now as far as music is – I don't know how many people's heard of him, but Zach Bryan. I really like Zach Bryan. He's like Americana, almost like folk country style. 
um, does a lot of independent stuff, but he's got his first actual studio album coming out. And so he's been releasing songs that are going to be on the studio album. And he just released a song called Highway Boys. So, that, no, no, I, no. See, see, these aren't Highway Boys. This is these Highway, highway man. man. So, man. And considering where he's at, like Plunderers comes right before and then after Temple Thieves, I'm guessing this guy is going to be somebody with the thief identifier. So. I don't know. It, it stuck out because that's not a title that like you see a, like like you would expect to see from Redemption. The the you know the ambushing bandit sounds sounds more right or Temple Thieves, but just the Highwayman. That's well. See, you got to remember, you know, this we've been working on this set for a long time, and so the Netflix movie The Highwaymen had like came out like right when we like you know right before we started uh, getting into that's this. That's the one with um um what's his name. Golly, the guy from Draft Day. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. There we go. I guess first look at that, that's kind of what, what stuck out. That and, you know, there's a ton of actual actual things that are going to support the thieves, which, you know, always, I guess there's a little bit of worry when, like, a new thing is coming out to where is there going to be enough to support it overall to make it, you know, to where, like, you don't have these, you know, handful of cards and you have to play these just to have enough to play this theme, but being able to pick and choose things. And it seems like there's a ton of things for thieves. So you have Den of Thieves, you've got then uh, Stolen Seed, Left for Dead, Hurling Insults, we, we already saw, Stolen Treasures, Pilfer, Thievery of Judas, Ambush, and Fence Jumpers. Okay, Fence Jumpers also sounds pretty cool, like the Highwayman. Fence so, jumpers, are, uh, frankly, both Highwayman and Fence jumpers are both really good cards that you probably won't see spoiled because they're that good. Nice. So, apparently, I can pick cards out by the titles pretty well. So you know, it's, it's a skill, man. It's a skill. So I'm excited about having the set list. So that is available on Land of Redemption. So make sure you go and check that out. So, you know, that is a hunt, uh, hour and ten minutes. Obviously, we're going to trim some of that down for dead silence and, you know, whatnot. So that gives us, you know, 25, 30 minutes probably to to talk about what is the main topic of this episode. So if you saw the title, you might wonder, what the heck is Covenant Games? So I will actually pass it off to Covenant Games co-owner John Early. Thanks, John. So that's uh, the big announcement and the big news that I wanted to uh, share with the community uh, through through my good friend, uh, John Hendricks here. Um, I uh, about, oh, I don't know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month. I reached out to Chris and uh, and asked, uh, you know, what the interest would, level would be in kind of revitalizing Covenant Games and uh, potentially me coming on as a, you know, either the, the full outright owner or, or a partnership type agreement. And uh Ultimately, we decided upon partnership, and I'll be uh, the co-owner of Covenant Games and uh, kind of the public face. Uh, Chris is still enjoying his uh, quasi-retirement, comes out of it once a year to come hang out with us at Nationals and do some MC work and things like that. Um, but uh, So we're in, we're in the process right now of getting all the inventory transitioned uh, up to me so I can start 
million things out. So for those of you that haven't been around, uh, Covenant Games is uh, one of the oldest redemption retailers and wholesalers of redemption products. Uh, back in the day, we had Three Lions Gaming, and then we had Covenant Games. Uh, Three Lions Gaming was ran by Doug Gray, and Covenant Games was ran by Chris Bainey. And so uh, for a while there, you know, the height of redemption, that's where people went to buy their cards. They bought cards from Chris, or they bought cards from Doug. And typically, if you wanted to buy singles, you went to Doug. And if you wanted to buy boxes and packs, you went to Chris. That was kind of how it broke down. Chris definitely had singles. Uh, he had a singles prices and all that stuff. But uh, Doug was just always more uh, heavily in tune with the singles market. Um, over time, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris expanded Covenant Games out into board games and uh, CD games, uh, dance party, um, and then all of the uh, products that Cactus Game Design, Rob's company, uh, produced. Um, Rob does far more than just Redemption. Redemption is actually a very small piece of Cactus Game Design's business. Uh, Rob licenses and produces uh, Bible-themed versions of popular board games. So you have Bible, Apples to Apples, Bible categories, et cetera, et cetera. There is um, Settlers of Canaan, um, a Bible version of Settlers of Catan, an extremely popular board game. And so Chris was one of the main distributors for those games. And then he had partnerships with, you know, uh, Rio Grande games to sell... Um, uh, Catan actually was is what Rio Grande sells, um, as well as you know things like Galaxy Trucker, which is a very exciting game that I quite enjoy. Race for the Galaxy, a card game. Um, Malta, which was produced by a Redemption player, um, Tim, and I won't try to butcher his last name, Murkowski. I don't know. It's about a dozen letters long. Um, he made a board, he made a card game called uh, Malta, and Chris bought you know about 120 copies and and worked with him to sell them. So you know he expanded out into all of these things, and then uh, the board game industry uh, took a turn. Um, a company called Asmodee came along, and they like bought out contracts and like I mean it's kind of like Elon Musk taking over Twitter right now. They just went like crazy i thought that would get a laugh out of you hendrix you're just sitting here like in awe of, like listening to me like talk about the history of the game right yeah now. like i didn't expect you to be this well informed on like the background here so well i just i'm like, taking my notes man i i just bought part of the company like i did my research <laughs> <laughs> well i could also see you being like well i can make anything work and just just buying it and then like figuring it out afterwards just, oh, just sure. believing in yourself that much. I am a little on the confident, bordering on arrogant, cocky side, aren't I? I would say you are firmly on that side. <laughs> like there's, there's, there's this line that people try not to cross to where they, they seem arrogant. You've just signed a new lease on a condo on that, on the other side of that line. <laughs> on the other side of that line. <laughs> uh, that's all right. At least I know where I stand. Exactly, and you can be proud of that. So anywho, so Asmodee, uh, you know, basically stole the rights to Catan from uh, from Rio Grande or maybe it was Mayfair. I don't know. It was one of the two. It was either Mayfair or Rio Grande and uh, and grabbed those. And then they picked up the rights to all sorts of other board games and produced their own board games, uh, Seven Wonders, uh, things like that. And then they instituted a rule that they would not sell you games as a distributor 
unless you had a brick and mortar game store. So basically, if you wanted to be a distributor and have the pricing and be able to make it a business, you couldn't do it uh, via the internet. Essentially, you had to run a a true brick and mortar store in addition to the drop shipping and the wholesaling and things like that. Uh, and that, I assume I assume they also mean like that that place has to be accessible to the public. Correct. So you couldn't just exactly. say I'm doing that at my house. Correct. That's exactly what it meant. And so um, along with Covenant Games and Chris, that uh, hurt a whole lot of um, gaming uh, distributors and whatnot out there that operated uh, without true brick and mortar stores. Because frankly, brick and mortar stores are very expensive and very hard to maintain and um, blah, 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 etc. And so that took out a large portion of the catalog of things uh, that Chris was successful with. And, uh, and so he kind of weaned off and backed off. And then, um, Chris has been enjoying his retirement and slowly stepping further and further back from, uh, redemption. And he still loves the game and still has a lot of great relationships in it. Um, but the, uh, the customer base just isn't there like it once was. Um, and so he's just slowly stepped back from it. Um, but then where I kind of come in is I obviously have a lot of nostalgia for the old days. But I think that uh, there's a segment of um, the redemption uh, sphere, so to speak, that isn't necessarily being served right now. And it's one that I particularly like. And hopefully I'm not the only one that likes it. Otherwise, this business venture uh, will fail. Um, so that's uh, your subtle nud, guys, to help me out and, you know, buy some stuff <laughs> from me. But uh, and that's kind of in in merch and, and swag and cool things like that. So things like uh, the playmats that Gabe posted images of. Um, Gabe posted the three images in Discord uh, earlier this week and said, I can't decide which one. And that was uh, right as Chris and I were kind of finalizing things. And I messaged him and I said, hey, Gabe, uh, hold off and I'll pay you for the design work on those and we'll make all three. We'll just slap a little Covenant Games logo on them. And that was when he found out um, about it. And he was like, say what now? And I said, yeah. yeah. And he said, OK, so I knew but I knew before you, Gabe. So ha ha. Yeah, 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 whatever. So so that's coming down uh, the pipeline. Gabe knew that it was uh, a potential. Uh, Gabe is actually one of the ones that uh, kind of a conversation we were having prompted me to go call Chris and ask him about it. Um, so you knew that it was official maybe like right before Gabe, but Gabe's been involved in the process. Um, so, you know, that's a product that we'll have coming down the pipeline is some some playmats like that. And I know that, uh, you know, Derek and your turn games have obviously produced some playmats and stuff like that, but they've got a couple, you know, the woes one, the uh, the authority of Christ one. But the uh, I think 25th anniversary one, the 25th anniversary one is pretty sweet. Yes. And I've got to um, get I've got to get me a copy of that if he still got any. I can't believe I still haven't bought one. So, but I think that there's opportunities for that and there's opportunities for sleeves. Um, I think there's opportunities for some licensed product from Rob. That's something that uh, I emailed Rob about as soon as uh, Chris and I kind of finalized uh, things and getting me included in the business um, is that I want to uh, kind of work with Rob on some licensing of some official redemption products. Um, sleeves is a big one, t-shirts, uh, things like that. Um, I just think it's some really cool potential opportunities there. Um, obviously, 
cards are going to be an important part of the business. Uh, we will be taking uh, some GOC phase two uh, orders. Um, we'll hopefully have that up and running. The website, uh, if you've ever been to the Covenant Games website, is um, being charitable, not great. So <laughs> Charitable like, is definitely the way that that goes. <laughs> Yes, um, it needs some work. And that's uh, and that's kind of one of the beautiful things about me being able to partner with Chris is Chris has put in some of the sweat equity and has the the name and all that kind of stuff. That's what he's bringing to the table. And I've got some time and some energy and, you know, a drive to, to make this um, work and be a, a part of the community again. And so that's kind of what I'm bringing to the table there. So I've uh, I've already started uh, working on the site. and We'll get that updated hopefully here in the next week. So if this comes out on Tuesday, hopefully by the end of the week, the site will be uh, up and uh, up and running and looking uh, more more modern and whatnot. Um, but so obviously cards will be a large portion of what we sell. But uh, whereas I think uh, Derek and Ken both do a really good job of filling the singles market, kind of like Doug did back in the day, I think Covenant Games will focus more on single pack and box sales. And that'll be kind of the, the niche that we fill. Um, even I don't have time to uh, do the singles and whatnot. There's just no way. Uh, my wife is going to help me out quite a bit with this, but she doesn't really have time to be go sorting through a bunch of singles either uh, down the road long term that may be something that we we get into but at this exact moment we're going to focus on uh, boxes and then the merchandise uh, side of things so i'm also uh happy um to announce the very first piece of merchandise that will be available for sale um on uh covenant games the first uh item with the new the new re reinvigorated covenant game shall we say will be the Threshing Floor Redemption Podcast Playmat, which is now officially sponsored by Covenant Games. Officially sponsored. So what what does that mean? Well, well, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's kind of when you found out about kind of what was going on was when I messaged you the other day. So how about you talk a little bit about uh, how that went for you? Well, I will tell you that my wife is happy because... If you guys don't know, um, I did buy some equipment to start the podcast, recording equipment, because I wanted to make sure that I didn't cut any corners and get, you know, no offense to anyone that that does start a podcast with a cheap mic and just using Audacity. I still use Audacity to edit, but I bought, you know, a soundboard and some more uh, studio style mics, things to have the best sound quality possible because I wanted to definitely put the best foot forward for the project and hopefully, you know, get it to, you know, grab a foothold and build a foundation and be around for a long time. The hope is that like, as long as I'm involved with the game moving forward, which I don't see why I'm planning on stepping away for any reason that the podcast will just be an avenue for me to enjoy the game. Um, but so I'm paying for that equipment. I got, you know, pretty good deal and it's on interest free. So I could go ahead and pay it off. All right. You know, I get interest free for two years and it'll be paid off before the two year mark. So there's that. And then the uh, hosting fees. And that's a big thing. And it's kind of like Land of Redemption has hosting fees and they've branched out and been sponsored by Your Turn Games and, you know, longtime sponsor, Three Lions Gaming, to pay for those. The hosting fees by themselves are an additional $14 a month. Um, so, 
It doesn't seem like a lot, but that adds up. And so my wife just sees this. And every time I mention the podcast, you know, I half the time I get an eye roll because it's just a source of, you know, I'm spending money. It doesn't make any money. Trust me, guys, it doesn't make any money. But I get some relief with that because now with it being sponsored, Covenant Games and new co-owner, John Early, sponsoring, you know, pays for the hosting fees for the next year. So we're paid up for a year on hosting fees. And that means that's just, you know, further, you know, ability for this to be a long withstanding project for us to keep making these episodes, having on these guests and things and bringing you guys content that it seems like everyone, everyone likes it. Um, Last week, I would say that recording that episode last week with Brad was, I mentioned this a couple of times to him. And then, you know, I I mentioned it to you, John, just, you know, before we recorded was that was the most fun that I've had recording an episode. And like, it was just like, we were hanging out, we were talking, there was jokes, you know, coming out and it was just, it rolled really well. And I think it translated to the listeners and people seemed to enjoy that, you know, I even did the whole Carmen bit that seemed to get a lot of feedback and so much feedback that it got flagged for, you know, breaking copyright. It did get flagged. No, but, did it really? Yes, but but it's not a problem. I didn't get like a strike or anything from YouTube, but YouTube flagged it and said that um, I couldn't monetize this video because it has a copyrighted song present. But they did that like, boom, like within the first, like, three hours that it was up. Whoa. So, um, That's funny. But anyway, but, like, people really enjoyed that. and Oh, so, I did. I mean, you guys talked about Carmen, and I sent you a picture, like, yeah. you know, two days later when I finally got to that part of the podcast because I only listen on my drive to work and whatnot. But, like, so I finally – I got to the part where you were talking about it, and then I finally got done with it, and then I pulled up my, my music, and I'm like, all right, I got to find me some Carmen. And then I sent you a picture of it playing on my truck – uh, my truck uh, dashboard thing. Yeah. And um, so I was just the amount of like feedback from last week's episode. Like there was a lot of engagement that happened from that. And it seems like the podcast has created the platform that I wanted it to be to where if, you know, you guys wanted to, you know, share some news with the community. Boom. We could do that. If you guys wanted to, uh, you know, use the platform for, you know, purposes of spreading, you know, some type of information to the community. It can be used for that. It's also a good spot for just discourse and conversation about the game. And I mean, it's in six months, I think it's turned into the best version of what it could have been that I hoped for. And I just, you know, want to make sure that we're able to do that long term and being sponsored is just, you know, a, you know, an additional layer of, you know, hedging, hedging the, I I guess the bet that this is here long-term. So you guys get to potentially, if you want to go and buy some merchandise that has the podcast logo on it, the image work, and, you know, potentially there'll be other pieces of merchandise in the future, but play mats are, you know, the first step towards that. And, I don't know if it's something that you guys want, but it's available now and that doesn't happen without being sponsored because I'm not able to drop the type of money to go and get playmats made in bulk because I'm paying for all of the other stuff to get the podcast, you know, make sure it happens on a weekly basis. So 
There's just benefits of, you know, having someone else come on board and be as invested into it happening on a weekly basis as I am. So what better person to do that than, you know, the sports co-analyst here, (laughs) you know, and, and I tell you what, now that we know the podcast is going to be here long-term, when football season rolls around, make sure you sign up for the Redemption Fantasy Football League because I'm going to start that and we're going to have weekly updates, you know, with some trash talk and some, you know, whatever. We might have like a separate, you know, podcast type of thing for that. You know, my, my goal was to not be a guest every other week on this thing. Like when, when you first had me on, my, my goal was, you know, once every month or two months or so or whatever. And I feel like I've been on it probably second most after Brad now. And now if you're talking fantasy football, you, you're going to have to fend me off with a stick. I'm going to want to be on this thing every week. Well, well, it won't it won't be on this podcast. Like I'll just create something oh, alongside right. it and release it as like, you know, a separate thing that's just seasonal. So I just think I've got the equipment now. Why not have fun with it? There you go. So, but yeah, that I, I figured that'd be pretty cool. So play mats are being made. We're sponsored. We've got fees for hosting paid for the next year. So the podcast is here to stay. That's fantastic news. So you want Speaking to speak to those play mats. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I was trying to leave the door open for you to say something. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll say it. So in addition to uh, coming alongside John and uh, sponsoring the the podcast itself, uh, we also wanted to kind of kick things off with a bang. Um, and it was something I kind of had in the works a little bit uh, before last week's episode. I just didn't quite have the final details locked down. Uh, but I am uh, also happy to announce uh, he said he wants to run this for you know six to eight weeks. And uh, he and I kind of talked and we came up with six. And uh, I know that our good friend Chris Fashman was concerned because uh, he's a little slow when he doesn't get his YouTube version up right away, especially <laughs> if he's start getting censored for playing Carmen music that he won't get his name in each week. Uh, well, here's the deal, guys. Um, I have come alongside John and uh, and Andy, and so we are going to be giving away something every week for the next six weeks. Uh, the threshing floor podcast will be uh, and that will be each week we will give out a threshing floor uh, podcast playmat with the covenant games logo on it uh, we have uh, a new designed covenant games logo that i'm working on right now uh, i love the iconic rail logo and we'll still use that on some legacy applications and things like that uh, but it's time to also kind of step into the modern world so we have a really cool uh, interlocking cg logo that uh, forms uh, the Apostles Fish um, with some different colors uh, going on there. Hendrix thinks it looks like a big old E, which is also appropriate because it's the first letter of my last name. So, you know, I'm cool with that. But it is a CG for Covenant Games, um, and it looks really sweet, and we're excited uh, to have that. So we will be sponsoring uh, the giveaway of the Playmats. Uh, so Derek and Andy will be sponsoring the giveaway of the contender decks. That'll be kind of our grand prize. The last two weeks is those in addition to a play mat. But for the next six weeks, uh, either a trivia or riddle question uh, will be asked during the podcast. You had to wait a whole hour and a half to get to this section of it. So we made you guys listen to all the good <laughs> stuff first before you got to how you can win the cool swag. So we will ask a we I say we John will ask a trivia or uh, riddle um, on the cast. You will then have that week before the next recording. So it comes out on Tuesday. Uh, 
John records on Sundays. So you have from Tuesday to Sunday to follow a link to the uh, Google survey that he has set up to submit your answer. And so then on Sunday, uh, before he records, he will pull all of those. Uh, and not, see... not before. We'll do it live on the re- Well, not live. Ooh. So it'll be two days later. But I will do it during the recording to pick the winner. So out of out of the people that have the right answer that correct. Week. So there's no no longer a limit. So, Chris, this is this is, you know, taking into account the YouTube, the people that, you know, rely on the YouTube version to listen. I'm. I don't understand why you guys rely on that, but it's okay. I don't mind doing it. It's it's just the the processing and doing the video because I actually wait on Podbean, the place where I host the podcast. The reason that there's a delay is they take and convert the audio file into a video with just the static image of the podcast. So until they generate that video, I'm kind of stuck waiting. So that's the whole reason for the delay, but I didn't want after it was brought up as a potential issue, I didn't want someone to miss out on that because they're relying on the YouTube version. And I know that I joke about that a lot, but I, I mean, it's, it, it is a little frustrating just because my hands are tied because I'm waiting for that video to generate from Podbean. But, you know, this way, obviously it's usually up the, the same day, if not like worst case scenario is usually the next day, but that way you'll get still the better part of a week to, or a better part of five days, I mean, before the recording to get your name entered for answering the question correctly. And then each week we'll announce a winner. Now the product, because we're having, we're having to order those, we're going to go ahead and say that the products will not ship until the final week when we announce the second winner for the second contender deck. So each week, so weeks one, two, three, and four will be announcing a winner for the playmats. Week five will announce a winner that will get a playmat and a contender deck. And then six, a week six, will announce a winner that will also get a playmat and a contender deck. So the same person cannot win uh, both contender decks, but if you win a playmat, you can still win a contender deck. All right, so if you win week one, you win a playmat, and then you win a contender deck with a playmat later on. We'll redraw the week's uh, results for the playmat that you won, so that no play, no person that wins gets more than one playmat. But even if you win a playmat early on, you still have access to win the contender deck and the playmat, so that we get as many cool playmats in as many people's hands as possible. So one person doesn't win multiple things, except for, you know, if you win the contender deck, you also get a play mat. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. Weeks one through four, you win a play mat. Weeks five and six, you win a play mat and a contender deck. And you don't have to worry about winning weeks one through four and then, you know, not being eligible. You're still eligible to win weeks five and six. You'll just get the contender deck and the play mat will, will go to somebody else that also had the right answer those weeks. Makes sense to me. Yep. And... So the way that this will work is I have a Google form where you will provide your name, your first and last name, your email address. There's also optional fields for you to put in your Discord uh, screen name and your Cactus Forums uh, name on the boards. Just, uh, you know, extra ways that I can reach out and communicate with you to get your details for shipping those products to you if you win. And so 
I will make that available when this posts on Land of Redemption. That'll be posted there. If you have ever been to the Threshing Floor website, it's the threshingfloor.podbean.com. If you go to that site and you scroll down, as soon as you start to scroll down on the main page, it highlights a bunch of links at the top in yellow. And right beside home, the first link says Contender Deck Giveaway. If you click that, it's going to bring up the form. It's got an image of the threshing floor. It asks for your email and then ask for you to provide your information there. And so... And if I can figure out how to get this ancient website brought into the modern era, there will also be a link to it on Covenant Games. Okay. All right, so... In addition to doing the weekly answer to get into the weekly giveaways for the playmats and then eventually the contender decks, the last week, so week number six, this will be on the podcast episode of 524, um, that one that then we'll announce on May 31st, so 531 episode. I don't know what number that is because math and me don't compute, (laughs) but... You can go and on that same form, in addition to doing an answer, you can also add a file, an image file. And the reason that's on there is every person can get three additional entries into the last contender deck giveaway for that last episode during week six. And the way that you do that is go and do a five-star review. And the reason I'm saying five-star is... um, Because you're five stars. Well... Even if I'm not, I'm giving you something, so I'm, I'm, I'm bartering here. You give me a five-star review, I'll give you an extra entry. You can get, each person can get an additional three entries into that. And you can go ahead and do this now, or you have all six weeks to work towards it. So you can do it at your own pace. But you can go to any of the places where the podcast is hosted. So that's Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Apple, anywhere that, that it's listed. Um, YouTube? I don't. It's not on YouTube directly. I post those individually each week. So I'm just asking. I'm just asking for Chris. He's going to want to know. Oh yeah. Well, you can't. You can't do that. So currently, it is on Listen Notes, whatever that is. To be honest, Listen Notes, Player what? FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, Spotify, um, Podbean. They have their own app, and then it's on Google and Apple. So you can go to any of these places and leave a five star review. And then take an image of where you submitted that and then go fill out this form and provide me with that image. It does have to be a different, you can't, don't, don't enter all three with the same image. Because the point of this is to try to raise our, uh, in the, the algorithm of, you know, if someone goes and searches card game podcast or, you know, like hobby podcast, just to potentially get this to reach maybe an outside person that doesn't know what redemption is. They'll probably turn it on and immediately turn it off. But on the chance that, you know, they listen, they're interested in a card game, they can go and, you know, seek it out and then find information um, just to, you know, boost the standing of the podcast. So that's it for each five-star review with a unique image to show as proof for the review. You can submit those and you can get an additional three entries into the final contender deck drawing week six but again we will announce a winner week one so this week we're going to ask a trivia question here in a moment and then no matter if you're one of the first 10 i know that i said that before but that is completely out the window now so 
anybody with the correct answer before I record the next episode will get entered in. I will pick a name by a random drawing, and then we will announce that on next week's episode. And then the next week we'll announce another winner for a playmat. We'll do that four weeks, and then we'll announce a winner for a playmat and contender deck. And you will be able to choose the contender deck. You'll just have to reach out to me and provide me with that and your information, and I'll pass it along to Andy. And he will be shipping those out um, first week of June. So we'll have to get those in pretty quickly because he's going on vacation um, at some point beginning of June. But if we get it in after that May 31st episode, if we can get in the next couple of days, we should be able to get those shipped out pretty quickly. So if you win weeks one through five, none of that will ship until we have all of the winners and all of that will ship at once. So hopefully this long-winded answer and explanation of how this is going to work makes sense. And we'll make sure that anybody that needs to get this form will have access to it. It'll be posted a couple of different places. I'll, I'll make a post on the cactus boards. We'll make sure that it's posted uh, on each episode that gets put on Land of Redemption for the next six weeks. And it's on the podcast website and potentially going to be on the uh, Covenant Games website. So, John, you have a trivia question for the for the folks? I do, uh, in the spirit of the announcement of my new co-ownership of Covenant Games and our sponsorship of the Threshing Floor podcast, I figured our first trivia question should be Covenant Games themed. So, here is the question. Drum roll. Oh, drum roll. You got a drum roll on your sound pad? We should put your fancy, expensive equipment to work here. I I don't know. We can go through the... (laughs) Let's do it. Find one. Find a drum roll. Broke. That ain't a drum roll. Uh, that's not. It. There it is. Well, I mean, that's uh, a, that's, that's, that's a badump. Yeah. You, you need to have this thing handier for when I make really bad jokes. Hit that button. Yeah. Well, I've got a bunch of Derek on 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 here now. You know, we could go Derek. <laughs> choo choo. Here comes that hype train again. <laughs> that's a good one for it. I'm so. Um. Yeah, we'll work. We'll work on the soundboard. Now that we're sponsored, we'll you know we'll dedicate more time into the aesthetics of the podcast. <laughs> oh man! And we'll send you the bill for it. Uh, perfect. I look forward to seeing that invoice. So the question is: Which former Cactus Game Design employee is Covenant Games' wholesale arm named for? All right, word word that one more time. Run that by me again. Which former Cactus Game Design employee is the Covenant Games wholesale arm named for? All right, see, I'm fighting back the urge to guess right now, but I don't want, I can't guess because you can't, you can't I can't guess. give the answer out to the people. Yeah, and you can't do that. So, and I, I can't win my own play mat, so. No, no, you can't win your own play. That was part of the sponsorship is that I can't win the contest. You know, the sacrifices that I make for you guys. That's true. So that is the question. And you have until the podcast recording next Sunday. Actually. Yeah. Okay. We'll just say you have until till then reasonably, but preferably if you could get it the sooner, the better, because I don't want, you know, if I put all the names in and then I go to the recording and see one that, you know, as soon as the recording drops. 
I don't know if that one's going to quite make the the deadline, if you will. So try to get them in at least by Saturday night. That would that would help me out a lot and make sure that everyone that actually answers and it's correct gets entered. Um, but yeah, the form will be posted. And you put in your information. The only thing that's required is email address, first and last name. And that's just so that I have a point of contact to get in touch with you if you win. And then there's an option if you want to get a copy of your responses. Um, If you want that, you can select that at the bottom of it. But then just under answer submission is where you'll put your answer. And then if you're doing the proof of review, do not do them on the same as your answer. So submit your answer on its own own form. And then if you're doing the review to get the three additional entries into the week six drawing, make sure that you do that on separate forms. So one image per form and then no answer and image on the same form just so that those go separately. Because if you answer, that's going to be for week one right now and then if you put a review those are going for week six so since they're going to two different spreadsheets just keep them separate for me i think that should pretty well explain it about as clear as mud john yeah clear as mud that's what derek always likes to say so um that's it that's the podcast guys so right now we've got revamped covenant games on board as sponsor for the podcast helping ensure that you know, the podcast is here long term and it continues to be a source of, you know, engagement with the game, even when you can't have the cards in hand, you know, which is kind of my favorite thing about it is if you're like me, you think about the game a lot more than you actually have physical cards in your hand playing it. So, you know, that's why a podcast is great because you can pop it in your car, you can listen, it goes with you wherever you go, even though you're not carrying the cards around. So that's cool. Definitely appreciate you, John, you know, choosing to, to, to step up here and sponsor the podcast, offer, you know, some some play mats with the, the threshing floor image on it, and who knows what else we might get into later on. So that's pretty cool. Did you want to talk about your podcast at all? Um, I will save that for my next episode of the podcast. We've got some news about um, – thoughts from Portland and the future of that podcast. And, uh, Jay is in the loop. Uh, he was in the loop, uh, around the same time that a couple other people were about the covenant games news. Uh, so we've, we've got uh, a couple of podcast episodes planned here. I know that we're, uh, we're off a week again. I apologize uh, for that. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit on our next episode. Um, it's funny cause, uh, this morning he, he asked me, Hey, uh, can we record tonight? And I said, Ooh, kind of already have plans so you guys are getting me on threshing floor instead of thoughts from portland uh getting an episode out tomorrow so you can blame john for not having thoughts from portland uh back semi on track here but uh i believe jay and i are going to record on monday night um and should have something out very very soon uh hopefully for you guys cool cool so This was a loaded week, definitely a fun week with all of the information that we got. We've got the phase two set list so you can go and look at all of the card titles and, you know, kind of, you know, put your put your eye on those and see which ones kind of stand out to you. We've got 12 spoilers this week. Two of those are from the starter decks. And so that means there's 10 full spoilers that we went over. So definitely fun stuff going on right now. And. 
Also, the Lackey Grand Prix, both the classic and the rotation formatted ones are still, you know, open signups. So if you want to participate in those, go and sign up. Otherwise, I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank you, John, for coming on and, you know, you know, choosing choosing the threshing floor over Thoughts from Portland tonight and uh, also with the sponsorship. So if you if you, you know, hear me talk about Covenant Games in the future, hopefully it's all positive stuff. And John's going to work on getting that website brought to life. You know, fun, fun thing that we talk about Easter Sunday being, you know, resurrection, things coming back to life. Hopefully Covenant Games is coming back to life and that website will join us, you know, on this side of the grave because it's one foot in the grave right now. Uh, (laughs) But hopefully we'll see some big changes from that and it'll be a beneficial partnership from both sides for you know, your business with Covenant Games and also for the podcast. So thank you, sir. Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me on. Yep. Talk to you later. Peace. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining for this episode of the Threshing Floor Podcast, sponsored by Covenant Games. So that's the big news sharing our sponsorship and partnership with Covenant Games and my buddy John Early. Also, improving the giveaway, giving away more items. More people are winning. And all you got to do is enter. You know, you can submit up to three five-star reviews for three entries into the last contender giveaway, week six, which will be announced on the May 31st episode. Or you could still, you know, play weekly for the playmats. And week five, you'll also get a chance at a contender deck just by answering a trivia question or riddle. So I know that the question this week came kind of out of left field, and you're like, I don't know anything about Cactus employees. I'm going to give you a hint while John is not listening. All right, John's not listening. Okay, the hint is go to Covenant Games. You can find the answer on their website. You might have to, you know, scour it a little bit, but the answer is on the website. So there you go. And... Make sure that you are participating in the Lackey Grand Prix if you've signed up for that and the Discord Zoom Discord Invitational. But appreciate you all listening, and we'll see who wins next week. Peace. <laughs>